Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Jeff Shreve, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Well, this is our uh, initial launch, our inaugural voyage, so to speak, of Real Truth for Today. And I'm joined in the studio by my lovely wife of 36 years. Ooh, yeah. Debbie. That's right. So, Debbie, what do you think about this? This is just a cool thing, you know, and as I look back over the course of these 36 years, if someone would have told me 36 years ago that you would be doing this, I would say you're crazy. This introverted guy who doesn't speak in front of people, he's going to be hosting a radio show. So it's just really cool to see how uh, God has used you, how he's changed you, how he's grown you and um just the opportunities that he has put in front of our path. It's just been a really cool thing to be a part of. But talk to us this morning, Jeff, about how you came up with the name for this uh, radio show. So great question. So when I first started in in broadcast ministry back in end of 2004, first of 2005, when we came up with the name From His Heart Ministries. Our Which mission- was not an easy task. No, to come up with that. It's hard to find something that hasn't been used before. And, Correct. And uh, I've always had that scripture in my mind, a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. I want to be a man after God's own heart. So when I started the ministry, I wanted heart to be in there somewhere. And people have asked me from his heart, what is that? Whose heart are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the heart of God, mm-hmm. from the heart of God to my heart to hopefully to your heart, because Christianity is a heart relationship. Uh, we're, we're commanded by God, the, the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. So when we started, my mission was no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, uh, God still loves you and he still has a wonderful plan for you. Um, pretty much from the, the idea of the prodigal son that, uh, hey, if you're at the pigsty the Lord still has a plan. If you'll just come to him, leave the pigsty and come to him, you'll find his arms open wide. Now, I believe that with all my heart. But as things have changed in our world, Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love, that became the theme of this is what God's called me to do. So we speak about his forgiveness, but we speak the truth in love to a lost and dying world. And so when we began the the uh, broadcast in uh, this program, we wanted to have truth in there because we always say it at From His Heart Ministries, it's real love or, or real truth, real hope, real love. We want it to be genuine and authentic. The world provides fake love and fake truth and fake hope, but God gives us real love and real truth and real hope. Well, and there's such a, a definite connection between the fact that to get out of the pigsty, to get out of a pit, to get out of those bad places where sin can lead us, it's the truth that gets us out of those places. So the world can have a lot of philosophies for us, but they don't help us get out of the pit. They kind of get in the pit with us instead of helping us get out of the pit. It takes speaking that real truth and understanding what that real forgiveness looks like to be able to get your life back on track or on track for the very first time with the Lord. Right. So a scripture passage that is so so dear to my heart, First John chapter 1, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, 
we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and that one another is us and God, fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, the the uh, metaphor of the light, that is God's truth, God's purity, God's holiness. You can't be right with God if you got if you have darkness in your life that you're not willing to deal with. So if we say we have fellowship with him, but we're walking in darkness in some area of our lives, we're lying. Be, and God knows it, and deep down we know it too. Hey, I know this area of my life is not right. But if we will walk in the light and get honest with God about where we are and and walk in truthfulness, then we can have fellowship with God. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, homo legeo, to say the same thing as God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, how wonderful is it for any human being to be able to walk with God in the truth and in the light and in his love and grace? Well, I was just having a conversation with someone that I was counseling just recently, and I was uh, telling this person that, listen, God always wants relationship with you, but it's not necessarily on your terms. <laughs> you have to come to him his way. Yeah, it's never on your terms. Right. You can't, you can't do it on your own. You can't make up your own rules. You can't say, okay, God, I want relationship with you, but here are my stipulations. It just doesn't work that no. way. So it's his way or no way. And um, that is a death to pride. It's a death to self. It's all of those things that you have to sacrifice to say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm coming your way. And right. your way is that I... I do confess those sins. I don't make excuses for them. I humble myself before you. I recognize that you are everything and I am nothing without you. Right. And um, that's the beginning of getting out of the pit. That's reaching up from that pit and grabbing God's hand and allowing him to pull you out. Right. That's the first step in so that. His ways, as it says in Psalms, his ways are right concerning everything. So that's why God doesn't play let's make a deal. He says, this is the deal. If you will come to me in humility and in brokenness and repentance and faith, I will save you. I will cleanse you. I will forgive you. I will set your, your feet upon a rock, as it says in Psalm 40, making your footsteps firm. Uh, I love the passage in Isaiah chapter 1 where the Lord says to his people, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you consent and obey, you'll eat the finest of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Every person has a choice. I can repent and obey and comes God's way, or I can refuse and rebel and, and go uh, on in, in uh, my hardness of heart and my stubbornness. But, but that's not going to lead you to a good place. You're not going to find love and joy and peace going your way. You have to go God's way. Well, and it's it's just so obvious as you look around at the world in which we live that um, the devil is using the world to just deceive so many to think, yeah, you can do whatever you want and you're going to be happy. You know, you need to do whatever you want to do and, and to, to make your own way to God. And there are many ways to get there. I mean, that is one of the biggest deceptions. And then people being deceived deceive other people. Right. And so uh, you, as you look around at our culture, you can see 
where that is taking us, right. where that deception is leading us, thus the need for truth. Real thus truth the for need today. for real truth. Evil men and imposters, the Bible says, will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. They deceive others and they themselves are the deceived. They start believing their own baloney. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosperity <clears throat> preachers start believing their own baloney. They're deceiving and they're being deceived. And the uh, the antidote for deception and lies is the truth. And uh, we are called as Christians and especially as pastors to speak the truth in love. We don't beat people over the head with truth. We love people and we love them enough to tell them the truth because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Without truth, you're never going to break free. That's right. Okay. What was the... You had one quote last week that was so good where, and I want you to repeat it again because I think it bears repeating and I'm not going to get it right because you know I'm not good at that. But a, a, a lie is a lie no matter if everyone. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lie is still a lie even if everyone believes it. There you go. And the truth is still the truth even if no one believes it. There you go. That's the quote right there. And so you think about the world of Noah. It's the antediluvian world, the world before the flood. It's a big word. It's a big word. It sounds like you're smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the world before the flood. And so God was sorry. He was grieved in his heart that he made man because every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And the Lord was just so wounded that these creatures that he made and he made to love him uh, rejected him and and just were going whole hog and evil says, but, but Noah found grace and favor in the eyes of the Lord. And God told Noah he was going to destroy the world because the world had become corrupt. They were like rotten meat. And, uh, but, but you found favor in my sight. And so he tells him to build an ark, an ark of safety. And, uh, Noah was building that thing for a hundred years. And Noah's called a preacher of righteousness and he's inviting people into the ark, no doubt. And he's saying there's salvation in the ark, but nobody came. He had a ministry where other than his wife, Mrs. Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, his three boys and their wives, that was it. It was eight people that mm-hmm. responded out of the however many millions of people that were on the earth in that day. It, the time of creation to the flood is uh, 1600 years or so. So lots of people are born in that time frame, people are living hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And, and, uh, can you imagine having children for, you know, you're, you're 400 years old and you're still having kids, but, uh, Mercy. having a lot of children, Eve had lots and lots and lots of children, not yeah. just, not just Cain and Abel right. and Seth. Um, I think though, Noah is encouraging because he was a preacher of righteousness and the, in Genesis, it talks about that he was the only righteous man and that he still stood firm. Mm-hmm. He still stood firm and stood, stood faithful to the truth, even though he was the only one. And I know in our culture today, oftentimes as believers, when we're in a, a group of people or you're in a Facebook message group or something, you can feel like, man, I'm the only one who really believes the truth here. And it can, uh, it can be very isolating and where you think, man, you know, this is, this is a lonely road. And uh, Noah's an encouragement to me in that way, because he, he did that for a hundred years and he stayed faithful and true and righteous. Noah's an amazing 
prophet of God. Right. Um, that would have been very, very difficult to do. Very. Um, and you have other prophets in the Bible. Micaiah comes to mind who stood alone uh, before Ahab and said, you go to battle, you're going to get wiped out. Even though all his false prophets said, yeah, go, you're going to have great victory. Um, yeah, it takes courage to stand up mm -hmm. for the truth. Stephen stood up and they stoned him to death. Right. Um, but we need in our world today, we need people to stand up. And I love that song. I share it with the church often. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Suffer hardship, Paul told Timothy, as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And a good soldier has to have courage. And one of the things the apostles prayed for, Acts chapter 4, God, give us courage, give us boldness to speak as we ought to speak. And the Lord responded to that prayer. The place where they were praying was shaken and they began to speak the word with boldness because God wants to give us boldness so that we can stand and speak and be the witnesses he wants us to be. Well, and just think about Peter, the one who denied Christ three times and then he how bold he was yes. and how many came to salvation because of his boldness. Right. That's another encouragement. Right. And that just shows you how the Lord changes, changes lives. And so Peter uh, wasn't Peter. He was Simon. And the Lord says, hey, first time he meets him, I'm going to call you Peter because you're going to be a rock. Mm -hmm. You're not a rock right now, but you're going to be a rock. And Peter was a rock. Right. And he was strong for the Lord. And the Apostle Paul, his testimony before he's Paul, the Apostle, he's Saul of Tarsus and he's uh clapping at the stoning of Stephen. He's, he's, yeah, let's do that. Let's kill more Christians. He's arresting Christians. He's putting them in prison. He's a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Then he comes to Christ and his life is totally changed. And uh, one of the reasons they wanted to kill Saul of Tarsus is because he was such strong testimony to the fact that Jesus Christ changes lives. And his whole, uh, his whole ministry was, if the Lord can change my life, he can change your life too. He's in the life-changing business. So we have real truth for today. This is our program, and we hope to continue to share the truth of God's word through, uh, through guests and through uh, topics that would help people grow. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 
833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Is your success in life being stolen? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve. Unbelief is involved in every single sin. Why did Eve eat the forbidden fruit? Because she believed the devil's lie rather than God's truth. Hey, if you don't believe God, you'll never be a success. Learn what real success can be like. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart each weeknight at 6 Central here on American Family Radio. Friendships is looking for full-time volunteer men and women who are serious about serving God, investing time in rewarding work, and helping people in need around the world. There is no charge to serve. Room and board are provided. A willing heart and a desire to work as part of a team are the primary skills required. Check out the opportunities at friendships.org or email portmercy at friendships.org. That's portmercy at friendships.org. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve, your host. I'm joined in the studio today uh, with my wife, Debbie, and we're talking, we've been talking about truth. We want to change gears a little bit to specifically talk about conflict in relationships. Uh, we all deal with interpersonal relationships and we deal with conflict, conflict in our marriage, conflict in family, conflict at work. Somebody said one time, Debbie, at a conference we attended, what's the best definition of conflict? Two people. Right. Two people. If you put two people together and they spend enough time together, they are going to experience some conflict. Maybe it's not huge, but it's going to be something uh, because people have at their core, they have a problem with this thing called selfishness. Ugh. James says this, do you know where your fights and arguments come from? This is James chapter four, James chapter four in the ERV version, easy to read version. It sounds like Bible for dummies, but it really is a good version, ERV. Do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that make war inside you. You want things, but you don't get them. So you kill and are jealous of others, but you still cannot get what you want. So you argue and fight. You don't get what you want because you don't ask God. So Debbie, in our relationship, how has selfishness shown and reared its ugly head? 
Well, I I know that when we first got married, prior to having our first child, I didn't consider myself to be a selfish person. Out of all the many things that I struggled with, I just didn't necessarily see that as a predominant characteristic that I needed to work on. But then we had Jill and my life got absolutely thrown upside down. And I realized very quickly, oh my word, I'm a selfish pig. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And I don't like it when I don't get to do that. And that is selfishness at the core, right? And so um, I I had to really start working on that. And I think most moms will be able to say, mm, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, because your life is so turned upside down. And what happened with us was that I did not sense that your life had been turned upside down because you were still going to work, still doing all the things that you had done before. My life had been completely turned upside down. And so that selfishness in me even came came out more because I thought, well, this is just so unjust. This is so unfair that his life hasn't changed and my life has changed so much. And so it it reared its ugly head in an in a really not so fun way because I was I was just very bitter about that. And we've talked about this before, but if you think about that word selfishness in the very middle of it is the word fish. And a fish stinks. A fish has a horrible odor. And selfishness has that. The aroma of selfishness is gross. Mm -hmm. No one is attracted to it. No one wants to be around it. You don't even want to be around it yourself when you smell it on yourself. It's just horrible. And so that was definitely uh, an issue in our relationship that we had to focus on and come to come to grips with and learn how to die to self. Each of us had to do that. We had to learn how to die to self. Well, the thing about selfishness, you know, it's basically this. I want what I want when I want it. That's, yes, that's selfishness. Absolutely. I want it my way. And, uh, you know, my way is the right way. Right. Right. My way is the right way. So let's do it my way. And in, in relationships, especially in marriage relationships, you, you typically have one that one partner that's more of a control freak. Now they might not have a, an advanced degree from Control Freak University, but there's right. there's somebody that hey we you we need to do it my way. Well, and a Type A personality has that bent anyway. I mean, that's hardwired, got hardwired that within you, right. you know, and that's that's part of what he wants to work out in you because that is there if you're a Type A person. Right. Well, the scripture says this: Do nothing, Philippians two three. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Now that is critical in marriage, especially. I have to put your needs above my needs. And that is, that is hard because at the core, we're selfish. And so I want what I want when I want it. And so to put your needs above my needs, then I can't let selfishness uh, sit on the throne of my life. And that's what makes motherhood so difficult <laughs> when, when you're first introduced to being a mom, because it is very evident you must put that baby first, you know, and um, they, they control everything. I know our, our middle daughter just had a baby about eight months ago, and, and she even posted a picture on her Instagram that said, 
a picture of Jack and it said on there, my new boss. And it's like, yeah, because uh, children are very, very demanding. And that to me is what brought my selfishness to the surface because it was no longer could I all the time put what I wanted first. I had to put the needs of this screaming eight pound person <laughs> ahead of my own. And um, God used that to help work out selfishness in me. And um, that was a hard lesson. And I'm still learning it. I mean, I have hardly mastered it, but I mean, I've, I've come a long way. Well, in the life of every Christian, uh, the Lord Jesus lives in the heart through his spirit. And he, he told us that's what makes Christianity Christianity. It's different from religion. Religion is an outside job where you grit your teeth and you try hard to clean the outside of the cup and of the dish. That's what the Pharisees did. And their religion was worthless because inside it was all rotten. So Christianity is the Lord comes to live inside of our hearts when we repent, when we believe, when we humbly come to him. He comes to live inside of our hearts. He cleans us up from the inside. He does a work on the inside and then he works his way out. So it's it's the Lord coming in, working his way out. And in every Christian's heart, uh, I forget who said this, it might've been Ian Thomas, but in every Christian's heart, there is a cross and there is a throne. And so the, the challenge every day is who's going to sit on the throne and who's going to be on the cross. Now, when self is on the throne, Christ is on the cross. But when Christ is on the throne, then self is on the cross. And the apostle Paul said, that's how we're to live every day. I die daily. I die to myself. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. And so in relationships, if you want to get along, especially in your marriage relationship, uh, you have to say, okay, I have to die to self. That's I a tough one, isn't it? It's it's a challenge. It is a challenge. I have to die to, I want what I want when I want it. Right. I have to trust God and let the Lord be in charge of me. And here's the thing. So you have... Um, you know, you talk about in marriage, you have situations where, okay, I need to marry somebody that I'm compatible with because you can get a Christian married to another Christian, but they, they're too much alike and too much alike in marriage is not good. So opposites attract and there's a reason why, because as the, the great philosopher Rocky Balboa said, uh, he and his, uh, his wife, Adrian, they filled gaps. I remember his his such uh, a philosopher, Rocky. Well, he's he's smart, and his friend Paulie, who was Adrian's brother, said, "What do you mean fill gaps?" He said, "Well, she has gaps, and I have gaps, and together we we fill gaps. So that's the two coming together in one flesh. And if you don't have gaps, um, or or if if you're the same as your spouse, and what you're good at, she's good at; what you're bad at, she's bad at. Well, you can't." You can't fill gaps right, that Your way. gaps are the same. So we we tend to marry somebody who is different from us. But then the challenge is, okay, every day I have to yield to the Holy Spirit of God so he will lead me. And Debbie, if you yield to the Spirit and I yield to the Spirit, we get along well because the Holy Spirit doesn't fight with himself. Right. Well, let's talk for a minute about what are some things in relationships that cause us to uh, experience conflict? 
Lots of different things. You know, conflict typically comes because somebody gets his feelings hurt or she gets her feelings hurt. He gets his feelings hurt. Hurt always turns to anger. And if we don't process anger right, then that becomes an issue and it can be drive a wedge in our relationship. And so uh, people can, we hurt each other's feelings. Sometimes we don't we don't do it on purpose. Right. Um, we can just be dismissive or we can be, I'm in a hurry. I don't really have time to talk to you. You can feel like you're getting blown off and you don't like it. That hurts your feelings. Uh, I had somebody tell me uh, the other day, they said, you know, I, I said hello to you in the hall and you didn't respond and you really hurt my feelings. And I just was having tunnel vision. I didn't even see that person. I was just so focused on what I needed to do. I tell people this when they join the church. I said, listen, if you ever see me in the hallway and I don't say hello to you or I'm not as friendly as you think I should be, please know it's not personal. I probably am thinking about something else. So uh, don't let that cause and drive a wedge between us because you're assigning motives to me when that's not the issue at all. Right. Well, I know one thing that can can cause me to feel conflict is on the horizon is when I feel like I've been taken advantage of in some way, like my rights have been violated or something like that along those lines. Uh, that can cause the hairs on the back of my neck <laughs> to kind of stand up. And I am not, uh, I wouldn't consider myself to be a confrontational person. I don't thrive on confrontation. I'm not necessarily one who completely shies away from confrontation and, and will just do anything to avoid it. But uh, those those times in our in our relationship where I have felt like you have just maybe taken advantage of me or you have you have expected something of me that just w wasn't a, a real a realistic type of expectation to have of me right. man that has caused some conflict between us and I think in a work environment with people you work with that that's a real big one that you can feel someone else in your office is taking advantage of your kindness or your willingness to go the extra mile or right. wh whatever it may be. And, and when we have too many episodes like that with someone where those feelings are brought up in us, that can cause some real conflict. Really can. And you know, when you're, when you're stressed, um, you don't handle things as well. Debbie, we like to use that that illustration, especially with anger. If you think of anger as a meter, like zero is I am totally chill. Ten is I'm going ballistic. Mm -hmm. So where do we stand on that meter with our spouse, with our kids, with people at work? Um, if people have done things to you that have ticked you off, uh, that meter goes up every time somebody says something or does something that hurts your feelings in some way or just makes you a little angry. The meter goes up. Uh, you got to keep the meter down. And so you have to process anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity, it says in Ephesians 4, because if you let the meter keep going up, uh, all of a sudden uh, you're, you, you find yourself riding at a seven or an eight on the anger meter. Now, when you get to 10, you blow up. So if I'm at a seven or an eight and I come home and you say something to me that should have only knocked me up a couple of points, it was fairly mild. But if I'm at an eight, now I'm at a 10. And so, you know, something happens with the dog because the dog can drive me crazy. And uh, all of a sudden I'm snapping. 
and you don't understand at all why, what's this, you know, you're Andy Bernard punching a hole in the wall on the office and you say that was an overreaction. Right. And from my vantage point, then my frustration is ignited as well because I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. What just happened here? I didn't do anything. You right. know, you should not be responding like this. Well, talk to us for a minute, Jeff, about what are just some practical ways as believers that we can keep that meter down? Right. Great question. So we have to process hurts. We have to take all the hurts to the cross. We have to talk to the Lord. Uh, as it says in James, you have not because you ask not and you're not praying and you're not praying with, with godly motives. I think it's really important as James begins his book, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And if we'll put all the hurts and all the difficulties and all the the problems we face in life on a daily basis, if we put those into the count it all joy column, you know, count it all joy is an accounting term. It means that you don't look at that as a, as a negative. You look at as, look at uh, it as a positive. You put it on the asset column, not in the debit column. And so you consider it all joy and say, well, God is going to use this for good in my life. You have a difficult person at work. Uh, God is going to use this for good. And so when you understand, hey, God is, these are like tools in the hands of the master and he's chipping away rough edges in me uh, through this difficulty and he's testing my faith, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Then you have a different perspective about it. And then you say, okay, Lord, you've allowed this to come into my life. Nothing comes into my life unless it first filters through God's fingers of love. So how do you want me to grow? How do you want me to respond to this? Show me, Lord. But I don't want to have uh, an angry heart toward you or toward my spouse or toward my kids or toward my boss or toward somebody at work or toward, uh, God forbid, your pastor. Uh, you don't want to have a, an angry heart toward them. And you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Don't assign uh evil, nefarious motives. Oh, they're doing this because they're a tool of the devil, that kind of thing. And uh, so th that is very, very important to keep your heart right before the Lord and keep your heart tender before the Lord. Well, we're getting ready to take a quick break, but we want to come back and take your calls. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. 1-888-589-8840. Call in and let's talk as we uh, want to go God's way as it relates to conflict in relationships because God has a, a way to turn those for good. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. 
Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this, and that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. thegodwhospeaks.org Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? Twenty militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. 800 yes word or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. The family is under attack like never before. That's why American Family Association presents the 2022 Marriage Family Life Conference, July 7th through the 9th. Equip your family and strengthen your faith with Abraham Hamilton III. Your wife's conduct is not contingent on your responsibility to worship God and serving her. Well, Abe, I don't feel like she loves me. So what? Set your affections. Ginger Hubbard. Our children need to have confidence that our word is our word. And when they have that confidence, it actually brings a sense of security to their lives. And Bishop E.W. Jackson. It strikes me that right now what we need in the United States of America is a revival of the Word of God. We need to put the Word of God back central in the lives of our people again. The Youth Apologetics track is also back this year. The 2022 Marriage Family Life Conference, July 7th through the 9th at the Bancorp South Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. Find out more and register now at marriagefamilylife.net. Welcome back to the broadcast, Real Truth for Today. I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve, your host. I'm joined in the studio by my wife, Debbie, and we're talking about conflict. What is the source of quarrels and conflict among you? It has to do with the fact that you're selfish, and how do we deal with that? We're going to be taking your calls in this segment. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And we have a call from Terrence in Illinois. Terrence, welcome to the program. Good morning, Pastor. Thank you for morning. taking my call. Sure. Well, I have a, I've been listening to your broadcast, and I've really got a situation that you've really hit home on, an anger, a developing anger issue with me that I'm trying to keep at bay. Uh, I have a friend of mine who was in very desperate need of financial assistance here with, uh, it was a few months ago, uh, to the tune of about $8,000. And the only requirement was, well, you go ahead and make the payments on the credit cards because that's what they had used. And of course, they're not making the payments. And I thought this was somebody that, that could be trusted 
and I'm really struggling now financially because this is an extra burden on my finances that was never anticipated, added to the fact that this is really becoming an anger issue and it's just a battle trying to keep those anger feelings down and just focusing on solving the problem. Any advice you or your lovely wife have would greatly be appreciated. <laughs> I will hang up and I will listen to your response. Okay. Thank you so much, Terrence. And, uh, well, I can understand the frustration there. You know, you're trying to help somebody and then they take advantage of you, take advantage and leave you holding the bag. And now you're, you're stuck because your, your name's on the, the cosine list or whatever it might be. I, I would encourage you this way. So my seminary professor, Dr. Wayne McDill wrote a book called the message in your emotions. Uh, I took the ideas from his book and he and I together, uh, he was all for it, but I wrote a book called, uh, runaway emotions, uh, why you feel the way you do and what God wants you to do about it. And one of the chapters in that book has to do with anger. And, uh, Wayne said this, I thought it was so good. He said, when you're angry, just know that there's God's grace. It is sufficient for your every need. It's sufficient for your every experience. And so you can choose to be angry or you can choose God's grace. And you can turn all that over to the Lord and say, Lord, here's the situation. I am so frustrated and angry with this, but I know that your grace is sufficient. If I humble myself under your mighty hand, uh, you will exalt me at the proper time. You're opposed to the proud, but you give grace to the humble. So show me how to respond to this. I don't want to look at the at this person that's put me in this jam. I don't want to look at them like they're a terrible person. Uh, you know, I have such bad feelings toward them. I get bitter toward them because that's just going to hurt you. I just release them over to the Lord. The Lord knows what happened there. He knows what that person did to you. He knows how irresponsible that person is and whether or not you were uh, you made a bad decision in getting involved in helping that person or not. Uh, I think you have to say, well, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I did it with a good heart. I did it from a desire to want to help. It did burn me, but God is going to see me through. He's going to take this Romans eight twenty eight and turn it for good as I trust him because that's how God works. Debbie, anything to add to that? Well, I do think there's a reason that in Proverbs, it talks over and over about not lending money, thinking you're going to get it back. There's, there's a reason for that. <laughs> and it's because we cannot always be guaranteed that someone is truly going to pay us back. And so that's why Proverbs urges us when you when you give someone money, you loan it thinking I'm never going to get this back. Um, and so there and, 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 and money is is when you start talking about personal money, it brings out all different kinds of weird emotions in people. And so um, I think to just safeguard your heart about that, uh, I, we have one of our son-in-laws will always say, oh, it's just money. You can always make more, you know, it, and it really is. It's just money. And uh, I know that can, we need money to live and it can put us in a bind when we don't have it. But at the end of the day, we're not taking any of it with us. And so it truly is just money. And um, to keep that as a focus of your heart and to, to not allow money, lack of money, someone owing you money to be what's on the throne of your heart, where that is just consuming you right. in terms of your thought processes, because you are not going to be living abundantly when that's consuming your thought processes.
Right. And so just to be honest with the Lord about your frustration and your your um, your sense of, of justness being violated in this situation, I think right. that's very important. But just to continue to trust the Lord to provide for you, because God always provides a pastor for his sheep and he's going to provide for you right. and and to just lean into him. It's a rate. It's a it's a really good indicator. OK, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to lean on the Lord. Yes. And you've definitely been wronged when somebody does that to you. God knows you've been wronged. Mm -hmm. And so I got to turn that wrong over to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you deal with this Mm -hmm. and show me how you're going to work this together for good. I'm just going to trust you. It's kind of like Joseph when he got sold into slavery. Okay. I've been wronged greatly, but I'm going to trust God in the midst of all this. So Terrence, thank you so much for that. Uh, for the call. And uh, we'll be praying for you that God would just pour out his grace in this situation. Well, we have Angie from Texas on the line with us. Angie, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I'm calling calling today because I heard you talking about conflict in relationships and it was just so relevant to what me and my uh, eight-year-old daughter was talking about last night. She has a problem with a friend of hers she had for she's had for a few years and she's really angry at her friend about how she's treating her um just how they play together she thinks her friend is making all the decisions on you know what to play and she doesn't allow her to make choices on what to play or if you know like her friend says okay we'll do what you want to do she just quickly runs through the game and so that she can go back to what she wants. (laughs) And um, she's really angry with her. And like lots of times when she goes over to her house, she says, her friend says, well, don't touch this. Don't touch that. Uh, Don't, you know, touch my Barbie house or whatever. And she's really offended by that because when she comes over here, she allows her friend to play with whatever she wants to play with. And she just really hurt that her friend treats her this way. And her friend is an only child. And mm. a lot of times, like, she gets whatever she wants. And, you know, her parents don't like to see her cry. And, um, you know, she tries to be honest with her friend about things. But she cries. I mean, she's very emotional. She'll cry and she'll run to her parents. And she's upset. And. So I don't know if it's authentic or she's just doing it to get attention. And so my daughter gets upset about that. <laughs> yeah. That she's always crying to her parents and blaming my daughter for things that they shouldn't be doing, you know, kind of throwing her under the bus a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, so she's, she's really angry with her, but she also says, well, she's really nice to me too. When I'm upset, <laughs> she encourages me and she tells me, you know, just like, you know, when my daughter gets upset about her brother teasing her, right? you know, she encourages and says, no, oh, just ignore him. You know, it, it's okay. And, and, you know, she encourages her in that way. So she goes, she's really nice in this way, but she's not in this way and she makes me mad and I don't know if I should be her friend anymore. And I'm not sure how to help her because I'm really bad with resolving conflict because I'm very non-confrontational. <laughs> I usually hold it in and hold resentments yeah. and just avoid that person. But, right. um, you know, I, I, uh, 
I said, you know, well, let's pray about it. And I told her, you know, we need to pray to the Lord about everything. And we prayed about it. And so her prayer is, well, Lord, can you change my friend? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a good thing to, that's not a bad thing for her to pray. Um, and I do think, you know, we can get in a situation, you know, as, as little kids, it's like, okay, this may not be uh, uh, somebody that you're wanting to spend a lot of time with. You can still be friends with them, but maybe you're not just palling out three days a week and, and that kind of thing, because the, the bossiness or the selfishness of the other friend is, is going to create conflict and and frustration in in your daughter's heart. Well, and you don't want it to set up a pattern of friendship where she allows any other friend to treat her in that fashion. So it it's a good teaching time to help her understand, yes, I need to show the love of Christ to someone, but I'm not going to be a, a doormat and be walked on either. And so um, it, it's a really, really good teaching tool and a time to um, help your daughter understand her worth and her value in Christ. And as a result of that, she doesn't tolerate people treating her in a certain way. And that um, that becomes even more important as she gets into those teenage years and young adult years to make sure that that pattern of acceptance and, and just allowing someone to kind of emotionally beat up on you and control you, that's that's not um, what you want for her. And that's not what's going to be good for her as, as she enters into those teen and adult years. And so it's a really, really cool teaching time to be able to help her walk through that and to realize, hey, this may have been my friend, but maybe she's just a friend for a season. She's not a she's it's not right. a lifelong thing. I've I've had a friendship with her and now that's going to need to take a backseat and be more of an acquaintance type of friendship. And I'm I'm going to start branching out and and meeting some other people and developing some other friendships. Right. And we always want to be kind to right. people, but <laughs> If somebody becomes, if that relationship becomes like, this is not really good for me, it's becoming a little toxic, right. I need to back off of that. Let, Debbie, let's talk about the need for boundaries in relationships so that, uh, because I think the tendency is for Christians to think, well, God has called me to be a doormat. Uh, a Christian wife, for example, well, my husband is is being uh, gruff with me or he's not meeting my emotional needs, but God's called me to be a doormat. Um, cause you are never a doormat. No. Uh, you, you tell me, and I appreciate that so much. You tell me, Hey, you're hurting my feelings. You're doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to allow you to treat me that way. Why is that so important? And how do you do that? Well, I, I think you have to come to terms with that and, and have wisdom from the Lord to know where your, those boundary markers have to be. There's great resources of books that you can read, uh, Cloud and Townsend books on boundaries. They're just phenomenal. But it's important to do that because as a daughter, a son of, of God, you are have undeniable worth and value. And as a result of that, you have to have some boundaries to, to make sure that that isn't taken advantage of. And um, for some people, that comes extremely easy to make those boundaries, right. extremely easy. Um, for other people, that is very, very difficult because they absolutely will avoid conflict at any cost. And so it's it's it goes back to finding your worth and your value in Christ. And as 
as a result of that, you have the courage to stand up for those things that the Lord has placed on your heart to stand up for in terms of what you will be accepting of in a relationship. And God did not call us as his children, you know, to, to allow people to just, you know, train wreck us constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have, we have a innate responsibility to safeguard ourselves and to protect ourselves and to make sure that we have boundaries in place so that we can maintain functional relationships, not be in dysfunctional relationships. Well, I think that's true. So in marriage and family, this is inbounds. This is out of bounds. We need right. to have uh, good, solid markers for people, especially for our kids. They need to know what is acceptable behavior and what is unacceptable behavior. We don't talk a certain way at home. That's not acceptable. So if we're going to sass uh, mom, mm-hmm. we don't do that. No, no. Uh, if we're going to be mean to our sister or brother and and hit and, and kick and all those, no, that's not acceptable. And there are going to be consequences with that. Um, the Bible says, Ephesians 4, 29, let no unwholesome rotten word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. That's a great verse for your home that, hey, we don't speak rotten words around here. We speak words that are uh, words that build up, not words that tear down. We don't use profanity here. We don't uh, we, we don't just have, you know, the devil's vocabulary coming into our home because that's just not going to be tolerated. And Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Well, it's been a joy to be with you this morning on this beautiful Monday morning in Texarkana, Texas. Hopefully you have good weather where you are. Remember these two words. We always like to close out with these two words, shine and share. Shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. God wants to use your life this day to make a difference in the lives of others. So go serve your King, shine and share. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.